song that said, how I proved him. And I had to think about that for a second. How many things in my life have I gone through or been through that have proved the existence of God through the way he's handled it or the miracle? And that was really cool. So um, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Well, Easter is next week, and, and I've been preparing my heart and soul, and I hope you have as well. I've also been preparing the service for next week, and uh, this morning is an excellent point of how the weather can vary greatly in a short time. You know, last week it was almost hot. It's 80, what, 81 degrees, and yesterday I mowed because it was starting to grow already, and don't even get me started on the allergens this year. And this morning we woke to snow. Now, I know what you guys think of snow because we've had this conversation this winter, but I think it's pretty. <laughs> But I've got my sunglasses, you know, because I want to be prepared for the service next week. If we have our morning service outdoors, which is our plan to have our sunrise service outdoors, I've got my sunglasses and sunscreen in case it's sunny. I have various weights of coats because who knows how cold it's going to be if I have to strip off because it'll be 90 in the afternoon. And I've got an umbrella in case it rains. So what's the forecast? As of this morning, and according to the Weather Channel app, for whatever it's worth, it will be clear in 51 overnight, which is not so bad, because it will probably be like 52-ish in the morning, with partly cloudy high of 79 in the afternoon that day. That's a beautiful day, and it sounds pretty good to me. But regardless of what the weather does, God has promised that the sun will rise and the king will reign. Yes, that is sun, S-O-N, and rain, R-E-I-G-N, and that is all I need to know. Because whether it's cloudy and raining, those things are a fact. But here is the plan for Easter. At 6.15 in the morning, we will have a sunrise service. Weather permitting, it will be outdoors. This will be a very simple service with some scripture reading and some songs. And don't worry if you don't know all six verses of Amazing Grace. I've already put a songbook together. I'm very excited about this. This will be our bulletin next week. Um, we will have a, kind of a welcome letter for our guests. I'm optimistic we'll be bringing some guests. There's an order of service. Uh, some of the scripture we'll be reading, which is the story of the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. And then our traditional bulletin will be in there. And then most of it are going to be the words to some of the hymns that we'll be singing next week. So, And then the back is, of course, a verse and, and a place for your notes. And I don't know if you guys use these very regularly. Um, that is where I write my prayer requests, and I run away with it because there's a lot going on. And the easiest way to, for me to remember throughout the week is uh, what's going on and what we need to pray for is for me to write it down. So I try to leave a little space for that. So this uh, was what we'll be using next week, and uh, I hope you can join us for that. Afterwards, we'll have a hot breakfast and fruit. Uh, they'll be available following the sunrise service. And if you'd like to contribute to this meal, there's a sign-up sheet that Heather designed in the back. It's very pretty and, and hand-drawn. Uh, it's on the Fellowship Hall Negotiable Spot. And around 7.30, I'm going to open up the sanctuary. I'm going to have some music playing in the background. And if you want to come in just for a private time of meditation or prayer, uh, or perhaps you just want a peaceful place to sit for a while, if you've got a crazy week and you just need a few moments of silence with God, just come in. It's just going to be open for, for several hours. So uh, I'll be here if you want to talk, if you whatever you want to do, or if you just want to sit and listen to the music. It'll be open. This sanctuary is exactly what it is. It's a sanctuary where you can come. God goes with you everywhere, but he's going to be here with you next Sunday for sure. And then at 10 a.m. we'll have our traditional communion service. So that is the plan. You can go ahead and flip that on. That is our plan. And for the last several 
months or weeks anyway, if not months, we've been talking about inviting people. We've talked about that alongside with the things we've been talking about, the, the prayer equation, how and why we pray and why it's so important. We've talked about the promises of God. If we do this, then God does this. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. Um, we've really dove into a lot of really good things. And uh, along this, I've reminded you every week about the importance of inviting someone to church. Now, I think our church is fantastic. I love it. I love it, and uh, I, I hope you do too. I think you're, you being here is a, a sign of what you, what you like, but this church may not be for everybody. Our goal should be to make sure everybody finds a church where they can connect with God, okay? And of course, we have our favorite, and I really think you should invite them, but there are a couple statistics that I shared about two months ago. One of them was 80% of people who don't regularly attend church claim that they were never asked. So we need to invite them, okay? Even people who are lukewarm about their faith will consider attending a church service on Easter. We have a safe and welcoming place and congregation. Invite them. Even people who claim to love their church and be obedient to God struggle with the concept of extending an invitation. It's risky. You're putting yourself out there, and who knows what they'll think? Who knows what kind of joke Tyler's going to have this week? It's okay. It says only 2% of regular attenders actually invite someone. So why don't we be one of those 2%? And actually, let's blow that statistic out of the water and fill this place. So I want to pray for just a moment here because this is a big deal. God, this final week of, of the Easter season, as we prepare for Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, I want to pray for all the people over the world that they honor and more importantly that they seek you. I want to pray for the congregations of God's local churches that they invite and welcome people and a softening of the hearts where it's needed to accept these invitations. And let Golden Beach Community Church be at the forefront where this happens. Amen. So this week, you can flip on this. Uh, this is a celebration of Palm Sunday. And this is from the Gospel of Matthew 21, 8 through 11. This is the scripture. It says, Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the, to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we entered Jerusalem. The whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And we talked about this last year. It was this triumphal entrance into the city. <coughs> Now, during the message series of the past few weeks, we've been talking about God's desire to have a relationship with us. Instead of us needing to work a checklist of prerequisites in order to even talk to him, he is directly available to us. And last week in particular, we talked about prayer. Church, how have you done with this week? Have you changed your prayer life at all? If you said one additional prayer, regardless of what you said or how or when you said it, if you reached out to our Heavenly Father even one more time than you did the previous week, then your answer is yes, I have improved my prayer life. And excellent, you are working towards establishing a healthy habit. And if you change the way you pray, and I don't mean you used a lot of words or spoke in a fancy way or with a tone that no one has ever heard you make ever before, rather if you were even a little more genuine and humbler in your conversation with God, about your joys, about your fears, about your concerns, about your quests. If you approach in this way in the past week, then you too can answer, yes, I have improved my prayer life. 
In either case, whether you squeaked out a simple thank you or you fully unleashed the burdens of your heart, I want you to know that God is pleased to hear from you. And he knows your heart and he has heard your prayer and that is a promise. And don't fret if you didn't make a change in the past week. We have a God of second chances and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. As our scripture remember stated, God is not impatient. He wants us to succeed in his ways. He wants us to repent when we fall short. And he waits for us to learn and do what is right and honorable and thoughtful and lovely. And that is a promise he has made to you and is a promise he has made to me. And we know he is faithful to keep his promise. I told you last week this wasn't the planned topic for this week's message. But something that had happened to me, and I couldn't wait to share what I had learned, and actually is more accurate to say I couldn't wait to share what I was reminded of, because this is something I already knew. And that is a promise of the words from our scripture. Remember that God is, God is patient with us. He wants us to do what's right, and he'll wait. You see, I was planning for weeks on attending the fifth Sunday celebration, and I had made all the arrangements to leave directly from here, the house, to head back to Kansas City after going to, to the church and for sales. And I'd prepared Sherry and Abby and Aubrey and Austin and Jacob, and not to expect me much before 9.30 p.m. But as the time approached to head for sales, I found myself doing other things. Good things, but other things. And I seemed more hung up and worry about the condition of my house than I was the condition of my spirit. Because I knew at the very least my parents were coming down. And likely Sherry was coming down last week. And I needed things to not look like it's a man cave 50 weeks a year. So I was worried about that. And it had gotten late enough that I was starting to get a few text messages confirming that I was actually going to come. And friends, several of you, you may not have meant to, but you held me accountable. You held me accountable. And I left Golden Beach for sales, and I arrived a little late for dinner, but early for service. And I had some time just sitting in the pew, pews little like these. And I was there alone with my thoughts. And I don't want to make this too much about me, so let me just tell you, that it was a powerful service of prayer, of worship and community. It was phenomenal. It was fantastic. And I am so glad I went. Did God give me a second chance? Or was I giving him a second chance? I would say it was the latter. He was exactly where he said he'd be, doing exactly what he said he'd do, just waiting for me to spend some time with him. I almost missed that opportunity. But I took advantage of that second chance, and I went straight at the stop sign and found the church instead of making the left and heading for Kansas City. Now, we certainly have a God of second chances, and we will look at a few examples from the Bible, but I don't want to discount the importance of recognizing that there are times when we are the ones that need to give God a second chance. Has anyone here blamed God or shook your fist at God out of anger or frustration following a major hurt or loss in your life? It's okay. You say, God, why did you let this happen to me? God, why did they get away with what they've done? God, why did you take this thing or this person from me? Anyone say something like that? Yeah, I have. It's okay. Because we have a God with broad shoulders and thick skin. He can take your anger and pain, and he wants to. He needs to, because that is the way that he can replace these with peace and love. Remember, we can't make deep, deep soul changes in our life on our own. And we can't stop by quitting something necessarily that's really tough, whether it's uh, you know, an addiction, like something we want to work on, or a real, real deep soul-changing, character-changing thing. It has to be replaced. 
You can't just stop thinking about it. Stop doing it. it has to replace. And he says, give this to me. Give me your anger, your fear, your frustration. I'll take your joys too. Give it all to me and I will replace it with those fruits of the Holy Spirit. Peace and love and kindness and uh-oh, self-control, right? Anybody have room for that in their life? But are we giving them the chance to do so? God, I am so done with church. I love you, but the people have hurt me. They've disappointed me. They've let me down. Anyone say something like that along the way? I have. Yet here we are giving it another chance, right? And you'll be recognized and rewarded for your perseverance and your obedience. God wants you to remember the Sabbath in this way, to keep it holy, to gather for worship and present your tithes and your offerings and participate in worship. Did he give you a second or third chance or fourth to exercise this obedience? Or did he do this because he put a person or place or circumstance that led you here this morning or at some point? I mean, you've heard my story. I was done with church. I love God. I've always loved God, but I wasn't really obedient, was I? I thank God literally for insistent, for my insistent friends that dragged me down here to the lake one weekend when I really didn't want to come. And I thank you guys for Saturday morning donuts that introduced them to this church. You know, that's, that's how this stuff works. Are you helping someone else by extending an invitation to church or better yet, by extending an invitation to know God and Jesus a little better? These subtle and gentle reminders are awesome. I can look back at several times in my life and now recognize when God worked through the words and actions of others in a way that held me accountable or encouraged me to take advantage of the second opportunity to do what was right. Some people need a little less subtlety. Some people need God to pick them up and place them on the path, sometimes literally. How many people remember the story of Jonah? This is one that we learned in Sunday school or perhaps vacation Bible school as children, but perhaps you haven't revisited the story as an adult. And I'm going to take a quick look, but I'm going to tell you it's in the book of Jonah verses or chapter 1 through 3. And if you just want to read it, you know, as a story, the message is a great paraphrase. It's not a translation, it's a paraphrase. It's a great way to read it. Um, you know, obviously the... NIV and other translations are, are a little closer to literal. But I'm going to look at it a little bit from the message, and I'm going to just kind of read bits and pieces to you this morning. So, one day long ago, God's word came to Jonah, and he said, Up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh, preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. This is God talking. He said, Jonah, get up. Go preach. They need you. But John, Jonah got up and went the other direction. He was running away from God. He went down to the port of Joppa and found a ship headed out, and he paid the fare and went on board, joining those that were going that way, as far away from God as he could get. But God sent a huge storm at sea, and the waves were towering. It says the ship was about to break into pieces. The sailors were terrified. They called out in desperation to their gods. They threw everything they were carrying overboard to lighten the ship. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down in the hold of the ship to take a nap. He was sound asleep. The captain came and said, what is this? Sleeping? Get up. Pray to your God. Maybe your God will see we're in trouble and rescue us. And the sailors decided somebody's God was angry. Let's get to the bottom of this. And they wanted to know who it was. And, and they figured out it was Jonah. And they grilled him and says, confess. Why this disaster? What is your work? Where do you come from? What country? What family? And Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew. I worship God, the God of heaven who made sea and land. And at that, the men were frightened, really frightened. 
and said, what on earth have you done? As Jonah talked, the sailors realized he was running away from God. And they said to him, what are we going to do with you to get rid of the storm? By this time, the sea was wild, totally out of control. Jonah said, throw me overboard into the sea. Then the storm will stop. It's all my fault. I'm the cause of the storm. Get rid of me, and you'll get rid of the storm. Anybody feel like that? Just get rid of me. I bring nothing but trouble to you. Then I said, no. The men tried rowing back to shore and made no headway. The storm had only gotten worse, wild and ranging. And they prayed, oh God, don't let us drown because of this man's life. Anybody else blame someone else for the troubles? Don't blame us for his death. You are God. Do what you think is best. And they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. And immediately the sea was quiet. And the sailors were impressed, no longer terrified by the sea, but in awe of God. They worshiped God, offered a sacrifice, and made vows. And then we know what happened. A big fish came and swallowed Jonah. And I'll skip ahead, because Jonah is in the belly of this fish praying to God. And he was delivered to Nineveh, the place he was supposed to go along. So he finds himself on the shore of Nineveh three days later, and he says, God spoke to Jonah a second time. He says, up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. Preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. That sound familiar? He said that before. So this is his second chance. This time Jonah started off straight for Nineveh, obeying God's orders to the letter. And it goes into, in the, the, the book here, it goes into what happened. But he came to the people, and he preached to them. And he said... Your city is in trouble, and God is very angry with you, and it won't be long before he destroys this. And they said, oh my goodness, what, what do we do? And they all repented for their sins, and, and it said God saw what they had done, and they had turned away from their evil lives, and he did change his mind about them. What he said he would do to them, he did not do. God gave... Jonah command, an opportunity, a direction, and he fled from him. Now, where do you think you're going to go that God's not going to find you? And God picked him up and put him right back. He said, fine, I'll, I'll give you a second chance, but under my terms. And we have a story of Gideon. So the people of Israel, they were, uh, they were being held captive, and, and they had been delivered from Egypt, but here they were under the, um, under the power of the Amorites. And... And Gideon was, got a word from God that says, go face these men. I will, I, you will defeat them as if it's just one of them. He said, I will have your back and you will win this war. Get up and go. You will not die. It says, easy now, don't panic. You will not die. And, and Gideon tried to do everything he could to not go. And when it came, when it came time, he said, okay, he started to negotiate with God. How many people do this? And he says, he, so he takes a fleece. And he says, God, I want to make sure this is you and this is really what you want me to do. Okay? If this is right, if you're using me to save Israel, you've said, then look, I'm placing a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If the dew is on the fleece only and the floor is dry, then I know that you use me to save Israel. He wanted a miracle. He said, I'm, this whole floor is going to be dry, but this piece of wool is going to be wet. And that's what happened. When he got up early the next morning, he wrung out the fleece, enough dew to fill a bowl of water. And Gideon said, no, don't be impatient with me. Let me say one more thing. I want another try with this fleece thing. But this time, let the fleece stay dry, 
and the dew on the ground, because maybe I misunderstood. And God made it happen that very nice, that very night. Only the fleece was dry while the ground was wet with dew. He said, okay, I got it, I get it. He tested God. Now, we're not supposed to test God. He said, test him on one thing, and that's basically outgiving God. Be generous with God and see if he doesn't outdo you with blessings. But he did. He tested God, and, he, and God said, okay, I'll give you a second chance. But Gideon was giving him a second chance. God, tell me one more time what you want me to do in case I misunderstood. Now, Jonah literally fled God and his will, and Gideon questioned it in a way he was daring God to prove it, I suppose. But friends, in the end, God got his way. And just with us, he will get his way. So will you take the first and best opportunity to be a part of his way? Will you deliver the message to others that he has asked you to carry? The message of his presence, the message of his grace. Will you carry out his will in the world? If so, he has promised that you will be recognized and enjoy the gift of blessings he desired and has intended for you. Friends, God sent his son to redeem us to give us a second chance. We now have a reconciled relationship with our Heavenly Father. Are you taking advantage of the second chance? We no longer need to fear death because we have an eternal life with our Father in Heaven. Are you being thankful for the second chance? We are no longer a slave to sin. We have the wisdom to recognize what is not of God and the power to turn away from it and back towards God. Are you being a good steward of the second chance? Are you extending a second chance to others? Are you expecting it from God but not willing to do the same for those he has placed in your life? We are called to use words and the examples of our lives to remind others that they too have a second chance. Have you been obedient in this way or do you need another chance? When it comes to God, we can't run out of second chances. We can't. It's impossible. We can only run out of time. So will you make a change today? to be grateful for his grace and mercy by praying, by committing to honor his commandments, not by not only following him, but also uh, and asking him, but also asking him to use you for his great purposes in the lives of those around you. And if you could use help or guidance in making this change, don't hesitate to reach out to me or anyone in this congregation. As part of our purpose as a congregation of God is to lead each other, to Christ and hold each other accountable. Let's pray. Father God, you are the God of second chances. The biggest of all is through your son Christ who came and lived a sinless life and gave it so that we may be redeemed, that we may be saved, and have a direct connection to you. We thank you for this second chance and ask your forgiveness when we squander it or question it or don't take full advantage of it. God, you are a good God and you know what is right and what's best for us and you will, you will find your way even when we don't. So God, help us to learn that lesson and take that opportunity before you have to physically pick us up and move us. But God, whatever it takes to bring us and our will in alignment with yours, that's what we pray for this morning. God, as always, I ask your blessing over this church, the congregation, those gathered here this morning, those who couldn't make it, those who are traveling and ill. 
God, I thank you for the reminder of having a few empty places in the pews this week that there's room for you in this house to worship you. This week in particular, may we be extra vigilant in those seeking you and invite them here or to another place where they can find you and learn about you. And God, let this not end with resurrection because just as that is the beginning of a new life, it could be a beginning of a new relationship, a deeper relationship for ourselves and for others with you. And we thank you for that opportunity and second chance. Amen.